<laughs> okay. Well, anyways, hello, uh, welcome everybody. Uh, this is episode four, the E Mammoth Pod. Uh, my name is Richard. That's Mike over there. Um, yep, Mike, yep. How was your week? Uh, my week was pretty good. I mean, I, I um. I can't say uh, it was a bad week. I mean, it was a pretty busy week for me, but uh, everything was was pretty well. I mean, I can't really complain. Um, I didn't get as much accomplished as I really wanted to, but I've been um, uh, doing a lot creatively, which has actually been awesome. Wow, that sounds great, actually. I'm having a yeah. How was your week? My week was busy in the sense of just working my regular job um a lot feel like like a lot of long days but it's like that sometimes um the heat is starting to show itself so it's been pretty hot outside yeah um besides that anything interesting um i don't think something actually (laughs) i had something interesting i mean it's it's just funny because the other day uh, I was on YouTube and I mean, I go to YouTube for a lot of different things, but mm-hmm. I sometimes will listen to audiobooks on YouTube. And if there's a good audiobook that is available and I don't have to pay for it and, you know, add it to my Audible subscription or anything like that, I'll just go ahead and listen to it on YouTube. Yeah. So I was listening to an audiobook and I was out walking my dog and then. I wanted to go back and re-listen to that chapter and take some notes. So I went back and I don't know if you've ever done this on YouTube, but there's a feature where you can, you know, change the speed of the video. Have you messed with that before? On you, I know about it. Yeah, I've messed with it a couple of times, yeah. Yeah, and I I usually don't mess with it, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna actually slow this down because they were going a little bit fast for me and I was taking notes and I wanted to make sure I didn't keep just rewinding every time. So I was like, let me go ahead and slow it down. I'm gonna take some notes and and I did that. And that was kind of cool because it was just something I was interested in. But the funny thing is, is that I forgot I had slowed the speed down. And the next day when I was watching YouTube, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just logged in and I was watching this video um, of some guy, basically, I don't want to say any names, but he was just representing this organization and he was standing there talking and I'm watching this video and I'm thinking like, like there's something a little bit off with this. I don't know if it's just the guy or, or something. And I'm just listening to it. And I started thinking to myself, like this, maybe this guy's talking a little slow. I don't know if he has um, a disability or if there's something going on. I just don't know enough. And I'm just like, I don't know, is this the best, you know, guy to represent your company or your organization? And I was just kind of thinking like, what's, what's going on with this? So (laughs) like they didn't pick the best guy, but I'll I'll talk through this video. So I'm like, that was weird. And then I, it just dawned on me like, oh my God, I had the, I had the speed like at 75%. So it was just like super slow. That's so funny. And I realized like, oh my God, like for sure, this guy speaks better on camera than I do. What am I doing criticizing him? But I just thought it was hilarious. That's funny how a 25% change would just. Oh yeah. 
that must have been weird to watch. It was because I'm like, I'm, I'm just listening to it and I didn't think anything was off for the first couple minutes. And then I was like, this guy, something's, this doesn't seem right. <laughs> something's a little bit off with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, the moral of the story is don't be quick to judge. Always check your stuff settings. on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> always check your settings. Always check your settings. Because they don't reset. Because the problem might be you. Yeah. The problem I, was me. If that was me, I don't think I would have ever figured it out. I think I would have been stuck with they have a terrible person representing, um, you know, something's going on. My week or the thing, my event, I guess, for my week isn't as big. It's just it's not even really a story. I went to McDonald's. I tried that Travis Scott burger. Oh, it's lit. <laughs> it's, it's lit. Um, I didn't go to the drive-thru and like blast sicko mode like I've seen so many times on a video, which is funny because I saw another video where the, the drive-thru employee was basically begging people to stop doing that. Um, but I ordered the I ordered the burger. I tried it. Um, it's it's a quarter pounder with shredded lettuce and bacon and barbecue sauce. It's it's McDonald's burger with cactus jack on it. Wow. Um, it was fine. The other thing I tried, different trip. Um, McDonald's spicy nuggets. Personally, it's a pass for me. I'm I'm very <laughs> fond of Wendy's spicy nuggets. Yeah. Um, it they they weren't that spicy to me, and yeah, I just prefer Wendy's nuggets in general. I'm I'm. Maybe I'm not being fair. Maybe I should try those nuggets one more time. But you know, Wendy's does have some really good nuggets, and I think for me, the thing I like is uh, they have like black pepper. I've noticed it's like they're like sprinkled with black pepper on those nuggets. And that's, oh, that's that like a little secret? bit of like the quote unquote secret. When I eat, when I bite a Wendy's nugget, it feels like I'm eating a chicken nugget. Where McDonald's, McDonald's just has a taste it, it tastes like mcdonald's i don't know how else to describe it mcdonald's tastes like mcdonald's yeah then especially the nuggets they all now it seems like a cookie cutter shape they all have those shapes oh it's the and, same it's yeah i don't know they, yeah they, i one time saw like how they made the nuggets mm -hmm. it's um it's interesting was the way yeah it didn't it wasn't appetizing uh well, I, I don't ever really order nuggets, but I was curious. And honestly, I prefer almost every other form of spicy chicken drive through finger food. Um, Jack in the Box I preferred. Burger King I think I preferred. McDonald's, I'm just not a fan. Anyways. So I digress a little bit, but yeah, I wasn't really thinking we were going to deep dive like chicken nuggets <laughs> or spicy chicken sandwiches. But if we are talking about some spicy chicken sandwiches, I don't know if you've tried the one they have at, oh, what's that? I can't believe I'm drawing a blank of the name of this place. Popeyes. What's that? Popeyes. Well, no, I mean, for sure there's Popeyes. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, Yeah. I haven't had one of those in actually it's been probably almost a year because I don't get a lot of fast food ever since coronavirus hit. 
Yeah. But man, that that I feel like those were a little bit underrated. Are you this is a quick comparison, we're gonna move on. Are you asking the difference? Are you asking like Chick-fil-A versus any other spicy chicken sandwich? Yeah, why do you got something better? I think overall spicy chicken sandwich i think i prefer chick-fil-a and popeyes would be a close second from what yeah I've popeyes is very good a national national chain i'm gonna go chick-fil-a one popeyes two and and i'm done talking about spicy chicken okay well i think okay. the last thing i'll say is just that i don't know i just know the closest popeyes to me doesn't have a drive-thru and so the convenience factor would always lead, lead me towards Chick-fil-A over Popeye's. Yeah, Popeye's, when you, I, okay. When I go into Popeye's and I order something, I feel like it takes exponentially longer. I don't know why. I just feel like I wait longer inside of Popeye's versus drive through and going in to get food from any other restaurant. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. You might be right about that. I don't know. I mean, that's something that's going to be a different uh, conversation, mm-hmm. different topic for a different conversation. Yes, yes, yes. We'll save that for the fast food episode. Hey, but recently you told me about the challenges you were having when you went to uh, get the PS5. Mm-hmm. And myself started getting interested in this because. I've mentioned before, like I'm not this, you know, super hardcore like gaming enthusiast, but I do play video games and I do have a PS4 and I used to have a PS3. And even before that, I had the Xbox 360. So, you know, I'm coming, starting to think like, you know, I've had the PlayStation, you know, from the third generation to the fourth, it felt like really natural for me to go ahead and move to the PS5. Mm-hmm. but I'm hearing a lot of things about this new Xbox and it really has me wondering which direction I should go. Um, it's interesting. And I would almost, I would almost compare it to like a big smartphone battle. If you want to compare Apple versus Android, almost Okay. Uh, I, I've I feel similarities between them. I can follow you there. Um, <clears throat> like even if you even if you go for spec sheet wise, um, if you just go spec by spec, they're so similar in Xbox spec wise edges it out barely. Like um, uh, the PS5, for instance. Uh, we're talking about the processor. They both use an AMD processor. That same architecture. Um, I think it was the Zen, Zen, Zen with the Z, Zen 2, the Zen 2 architecture. So the PS5 is supposed to, um, the speeds of 3.5 gigahertz up to. Okay. So the Xbox has, I'm sorry, the PlayStation and the Xbox, they both have two different versions of them. Mm-hmm. They both use, um, both platforms use the AMD chip, PS5. They have one is 3.5 gigahertz, no matter which version you buy. The Xbox has 3.8 gigahertz on their top of the line one or 3.6 on their other one. Um, 
they both uh, game up to eight eight K in storage. Just a comparison. Um, and then the highest spec Xbox has one terabyte of storage versus the PlayStation having eight hundred twenty five gigabytes of storage. Both the top tier top tier ones, both of their highest price ones are four ninety nine. So if you it's hard to just by the spec sheet it's hard to choose one right when you play xbox or when you play games i'm sorry when you play games are you someone who who likes to play with other people or are you do you play online or do you like playing kind of solo games you know what mostly just solo games okay i've done a little bit online in the past but it hasn't been anything i've done recently so I think a lot of my gaming, um, it'll be a little bit online, but it's going to be mostly solo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so what I think is cool that Xbox is doing, it seems like they're trying a new, a, a new model. So before you used to have to just buy the console, right? So Xbox has two versions. The Xbox X is $499. Um, that's the highest spec version, the 8K gaming, one terabyte of storage. Um, they have another version that's going to come at the cheapest price you can get out of the next-gen consoles at $299. The difference is the Xbox Series X, the X is $499, and the S is $299, right? So the Xbox X, one terabyte of storage, the S, $512. The Xbox X has up to 8K gaming. So if you have like the top-of-line TV, you want the best-looking thing, you get the Xbox Series X. The Xbox Series S, the one that is $299, is 1440p. So that is better than 1080. It's more like 2K. So okay. we're still really good. And it's good for someone if you are, I guess, budget conscious, but you still want to do next-gen gaming. Um, even though they have different speeds, they're designed to have the same performance. So it just won't look as it just won't look as pretty as the 8K, but 1440p still looks fantastic. I use it on mm-hmm. my computer. Um, the PlayStation 5, 499 399 The only difference is one comes with a disk drive, disk slash Blu-ray drive. The other one is just digital only. So you have to download all of your games. So still very, very, very similar. Um, when it comes to when I ask you what kind of games you play, Xbox and PlayStation have their own kind of exclusives. Um, Xbox has a monthly plan basically so you can get the Xbox Series X along with their all access um, Game Pass for $35 a month at the most or $25 for the lower the lower tier um, and so that gives you Xbox Live Gold you remember having to pay to kind of to play online but the cool thing is they have um, these games you can you have access to over 100 games and Xbox exclusive games, you'll be able to get day one, all part of that monthly membership. So you don't have to fork over the 500 right away. You could just pay it in installments over 24 months. Um, And it also includes EA Play. So if you like Madden or other EA games, that is a monthly membership that's included with it that lets you play games. And I've tried it on, on PlayStation. So what's cool about it is like Madden, the day it came out, I was able to download it and play it. Um, and it's the latest Madden. You don't have to wait till like the year before. So FIFA's another big one. Um, you know, so other exclusive games like that. I really think that 
with everything going digital, you know, I probably wouldn't be looking towards something that actually took the discs, you know, the physical discs. I think that that's just, um, even though I used to kind of like that and having a hard copy, I just think nowadays that has, that just kind of feels old school because, you know, I don't buy music like that anymore. I don't buy CDs or, you know, um, I mean, everything's digital now for me and a lot of it's streaming. So I think that option that Xbox has for me seemed pretty appealing. I almost look at it like a Netflix of games almost. Yeah. I I almost feel like it's Netflix of games. And and for that, for someone like me, I, I see the appeal to that. And that's kind of something that actually is really interesting to me because, you know, I used to be a fan of Halo and haven't played it in years. Um, but, you know, if I get back onto Xbox, you know, I'll have access again. You and you'll have access to Halo, which PlayStation will have. Like their exclusive, their big exclusives from um, off the top of my head is Fable, which is an action RPG game. Uh, Forza, which is their kind of trademark racing game, and then I Halo. used to love Forza. I loved Forza. I actually preferred it over Gran Turismo, which was PlayStation's exclusive. Mm-hmm. They're both they're both kind of sim racers. Um, on the PlayStation side of it, you have uh, Ratchet and Clank, Final Fantasy, another um, exclusive there. Spider Man, the Miles Morales one, um, mm-hmm. that's going to be a PlayStation exclusive. Um, Man. And the other thing is that PlayStation or Sony, this generation, this current generation, has already done VR. And so there's a good chance that they're going to continue that or take it to the next step for PS5. No one knows if Microsoft's plan on doing anything for Xbox for, for VR yet. And so it really comes down to what kind of games you like to play. Because both of them you can play online. If you're a big Halo fan... I would say go Xbox because there's definitely going to be a Halo. Um, there's definitely going to be a Halo like a story mode, a campaign, and you yeah. can play with friends. But if if like PlayStation's true to your heart from your last two generations, you can't go wrong. I think the games that I would play. I mean, well, here's the thing too: is like there's always like newer games coming out, mm-hmm. and so that's something that once I'm invested in a certain console, I'm gonna, you know, want to go for the games that are available, obviously. But I think as far as the games that I play most often, it's going to be sports games like Madden or um, MLB The Show. Um, it's you know, just exclusive, right? I'm not sure. It's an exclusive. It might be because I, yeah, I don't ever remember that being available when I had the Xbox. Here's another thing actually too. We've been talking about in, in in previous episodes about cross platform. Yeah, that's becoming more prevalent. So there are I, certain games, right? I know yeah. I've heard. Mm-hmm. And then I was reading that the the cost of games, the the ceiling for games may go up. You know, around the seventy dollar range where it used to be sixty dollars. And I'm thinking that might be for that maybe for titles that are cross platform. Mm. so the cross-platform title you pay you know a little bit extra like if i uh, what what did i play last nba 2k buy nba 2k 70 bucks but i could play i would just double or triple the the base i can play against which would be great same thing for the next call of duty 
if it's seventy dollars but crossplay, that's an even trade for me. True. That's a really yeah. even trade for me. Hmm. That's so interesting, man. This is um I I I'm still not convinced either way. I'm gonna take some time and it's figure such, it out. It's such a hard generation to figure out. And I uh, when I get my PS5, I'll let you know. Um cool. I think you can't go wrong with PS5. I'm going PS5 because I already have a computer. I talked about, you know, the Xbox All Access includes the Game Pass with all those games. If you have a computer, it lets you play those games too with that same pass. Wow. So I personally, I'm in a good spot. Um, I've, throughout each generation, I've always had both. And if I had to choose one, due to the games that I play and the exclusives, I think I'm going to go PlayStation because there's some really cool adventure games that I like to play. Uncharted is one of them. Yeah, Uncharted was dope. Oh, I loved Uncharted. And so if I had to stick with one, and they may, not they may, I'm pretty confident in saying they're they're probably going to do VR. And so if I had to go with one, I'll probably go play PS5 for now. But we'll see. Cool. You know, one of the games I really have been excited to play, which I actually haven't, that came out um, earlier this year, was um, uh, The Last of Us 2. Oh, that was good, dude. I didn't play number two. Yeah, I played the first one, and yeah, that game was amazing. That was my favorite for like that full year. Yeah, I I feel that Sony has better exclusives. Um, Xbox has Halo and Forza in my eyes. They also have Gears of War, but I was never big a Gears of War fan. Very cool game, but wasn't really a big fan of it. Um, Yeah, I used to play that a lot, too, and that was... That was a pretty fun game. Yeah, but I think if yeah, I'm 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 convincing myself that I made a good idea by <laughs> by trying to um, pre-order the PS5. I feel good about it now. Well, if I you know rewind I back, much, but I helped me a lot. Thanks. <laughs> if I go back to when PS4 first came out, I remember there was a lot of the same back and forth, mm-hmm. and I remember that um, a lot of people ended up buying one console and then later on bought the other console and just had both. And so I can probably, I can imagine people doing that. Um, And it's interesting now that I look back and I see that the PS4 came out at the end of 2013. So that was seven years ago. So the life cycle, I don't know if that's going to be normal now, but like if it's going to, you know, be, a full seven years that we're going to have these current generation consoles. But um, if that were the case, I can definitely see myself getting one and then down the road to getting the other one and just having them both. Yeah, you're right. And then the way, Oh, that's tough. Cause now I'm thinking about the way Sony does things and they always release the console right at first. And then two or three years later, there's a slim version of the same console that might have a boosted performance a little bit, but it's just a smaller version. And I was watching videos actually with the size comparison and the PS5 is larger in size compared to the Xbox Series X or the S. The S is super tiny. Um, And I think that's why. I think they're just setting themselves up to PS5 Slim Edition. Um, But at some point I will own both. I'm pretty confident in that. Um, Dang. They have their model work. I mean, no one complains. They do the same thing. And they'll like, they'll probably release an exclusive color. Oh, yeah. Like edition, you know? 
um but yeah so well we'll have to stay tuned we'll have to stay tuned and see what happens in the future but um you know i'm still undecided and as we proceed and progress with these episodes i'll go ahead and once i do pull the trigger and make my decision i'll make sure i let everybody know uh which direction i went and for what reasons yeah i'm gonna let you know every every console related move i make i'm gonna update you whether it's a new game or whatever because i'm the the xbox game pass stuff is what i'm most interested in they promise a hundred hundred plus quality games you can kind of and they'll always update the the list you can play from if they put some pretty good games on there i might hop over well it makes me think that it's one of those situations where sony is going to have to counter with something similar i think they're going to have to create some kind of added value for their package i don't know what the answer is but um it, it seems like a very innovative strategy for Microsoft or Xbox to do things the way they are doing it right now. Yeah. Sony has PlayStation Plus, which works similar, but as re- in regards to the monthly subscription and like access to the games, Microsoft definitely wins because they have their whole Microsoft environment. Like I can play it on my computer or my Xbox compared to, or, or my phone actually compared to Sony, which they have a cloud-based gaming system, so you can play it on your phone too, but they don't have the access of the PC like I do with Xbox. Yeah, that's so interesting. Just something to keep an eye on. Who knows? Yeah, I think the last thing that I would touch on is something that you just said right now, and that's the fact that with Microsoft, you can play those games on the new Xbox console or on your PC because, you know, Microsoft has, has a lock on the PC game. And so if they, you know, pretty much got the whole PC gaming system down and they have their own console, it makes me wonder, you know, what is, what is PlayStation going to do to stay competitive? And maybe it is VR. Maybe VR is the answer and maybe that's the direction mm-hmm. they're going with that but they have to do something to differentiate themselves while continuing to add value for the users. Yeah. I mean, the, out of all the VR headsets, uh, PlayStation or Sony's VR, I don't remember what it was called, sold the most out of all the possible headsets. Um, so I, it's definitely something they're not going to drop. And I think that is where they're going to thrive. But I'm surprised, I'm surprised Xbox hasn't at least announced anything yet. Because they usually do remember the Xbox, like the Connect with the motion camera and all that. Yeah. So you know what? I think they are planning something. They're just trying to keep it under wraps, probably. Yeah. I'm sure they probably future-proof the console to have some extra add-ons come in down the road. Or augmented VR. That would be cool. Something. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. All right, cool, man. Well, thanks for updating me on that kind of stuff because that's going to be uh, super helpful when it comes to making my decision. Yeah, I will update you. And if, if I fall in love with either side, I'm going to probably try to push you that way, honestly. All right, cool, man. <laughs> All right, so next, should we go ahead and uh, jump into what we're watching on Netflix or do you have anything else you want to cover? I have a quick esports thing. Oh, yeah, update us, please. Um, we've talked about Riot and League of Legends before. Mm-hmm. Um, Riot 
every year hosts the League of Legends Worlds tournament championship. Um, it's hosted by Riot. It's taking place in, I believe, Shanghai, China. Um, but it's it's you watch soccer, yeah, somewhat. A little bit. You know the UEFA Championship. UEFA. Yeah, yeah. It's a <laughs> no. uh, it's um almost like a European the European League Championship almost. Okay. Where all the different teams from within that league, they they have a a big tournament. Okay. That's basically what this is. Um, it's teams from all over the world. You have uh, China, Europe, North America. You have Southeast Asia. You have uh, Korea. They all all the best teams that have been playing throughout the year get invited. They do this these play in matches. Um, actually, it just started on the the twenty fifth, September twenty fifth. Oh, so okay. The twenty fifth of September and the thirtieth, they're doing these play in matches, right? Um, when you qualify through the play in matches, they finally put you into the group stages. Then you know you play your matches there. And then you try to qualify through the group stages to make it to the actual playoffs where you play for the championship. And this is a whole month-long process. So by the time October 30th rolls around, it'll be the final match. We'll know who wins. The overall prize pool is $2.5 million. Wow. Um, and it's huge news in the esports world. It's I think it's their biggest tournament, their largest tournament. You can stream it or find the matches streaming on Twitch for sure. I'm sure YouTube as well. But last year was a lot of Twitch when I was when I was trying to take a peek and watch. Um, last year, the 2019 League of Legends Worlds, 44 million views overall wow. throughout the course of the month. Um, so it's a huge, huge, huge tournament. I was even interested, even though I didn't play League of Legends and I didn't know much about it, but the whole excitement behind it and I would watch it and then my friends would be super excited about it. It's it's a pretty, it's larger than the Super Bowl, I'd argue in, in a way. Yeah. It's like, it, almost like the World Cup, but it, League of yeah, Legends. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I was reading an article um, recently I don't want to get too far off topic, but it was about Rocket League and how they just made Rocket League free for everyone to play. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about just the amount of viewership they've been getting on Rocket League tournaments and how it rivals like uh, more traditional sports competitions and how there's just such a huge audience for these um, for these games that uh, it's really starting to outgrow the more traditional sports that you would normally see on TV. Mm -hmm. And I've been telling all my friends Rocket League has been free since September 23rd. Um, but what I appreciate is Epic Games picked up Rocket League. And what I appreciate so far from my experience is that the servers when I play online have been more reliable and I've been having a better experience. So shout out to Epic. Thank you very much. Nice. Um, love that game. And love watching professionals just do insane things. I think that game has a lot of uh, staying power, and I think that's a game that um, is, is, is just going to be around for a long time. It's just only going to continue to grow in popularity. Yeah, yeah. It's still, especially compared to League of Legends, it's still a very young game. Um, and yeah, they just keep adding things to it. They actually did a, a, a Rocket League update because they, they combined with Epic. 
they have a kind of mini Fortnite crossover. Hmm. So one of the cards you can be is the um, when you play Fortnite right before you hop out to to um, go into your part of the map, whatever part you choose, you're in this bus. You're waiting in the bus. You can be that little thing as your car. It could be like a little I forgot what it's called, a little bus, <laughs> which is pretty cool. And then you can decorate your car like a llama. It's kind of the two major things, but it's pretty cool, like little little Easter egg ish. I love that. I love. I've. I can't remember where I saw recently, but there was another crossover type event that um, either happened or was going to happen, and I can't even remember what it was. But I just love when that stuff happens. It just um, brings a couple different audiences uh, from different parts uh, of the uh, gaming world or wherever. What whatever. I mean, it could be a crossover movie or yeah. a TV show. You get crossovers all the time, and so I just think it's so much fun when you see those two worlds come together. Yeah, it's it's exciting. So, um, yeah, if you haven't played Rocket League, it's free to play. Pick it up. It's so simple and so complex at the same time. Yeah. It's rewarding. Definitely. I'm, and addicting, I bet. Because games like that, that's the problem. Is like when I find a game that uh, is, you know, easy, simple, it's pretty quick. Like the games don't take forever. Like, man, I can get hooked. Yeah, that's Rocket League, and you're uh, you're competitive. You enjoy sports, and it's I. Rocket League is a simple game to follow. It's easier to follow than League of Legends. Nothing is League of Legends, but I could I could literally take someone who has doesn't know either game. They could sit in front of Rocket League and understand it faster than League of Legends for sure. Yeah. Um, well, coming from somebody who never really watched gaming tournaments, mm-hmm. Rocket League was the kind of um, tournament. Well, I mean, it was on um, like regular TV. I don't know if it was ESPN2 or something, but I mean, they had it on. And that's the kind of game where I can have it on and, um, you know, either just watch it or multitask, do stuff around the house or work or whatever, and just have it on and still enjoy what's going on and just have fun with it. Yeah. I just feel like that's a game that I can kind of just casually watch and not, um, I, I think it is kind of like a sport, like, because there's a lot of sports I watch yeah. where I'm not glued to the TV watching every single play, but I'll have it on and, you know, I'll catch the highlights and get excited when, when things get close. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's one of those kind of sports to me. It is. Uh, it's, it's only going to grow. I, I love that game. I think I have the second most hours I've ever played on a game in that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, That's cool, man. Well, hey, um, was there anything else you wanted to touch on as far as uh, new this week? Uh, for new this week? That's all I had. I'm pretty excited. I'm going to try to keep my eye on the tournament, cool. um, the World's Tournament, because that's going to be exciting. Um, and then closer, the, right before the day before Halloween, it should be pretty insane. Um, and then keep my eye on the consoles and keep my ear down because um, there's a lot of things that aren't official yet. And there's a lot of things that we don't find out until it's like things are done. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But that's all I had. If you didn't have anything else, we can definitely move into that Netflix. Yeah, why don't we go ahead and dive into um, High Score, the show we're watching on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I know yes. we talked briefly, uh, briefly about uh, in the past, we, t- we touched on episode one and episode two, but... You know, for this uh, one, we're going ahead and diving into episode three. Um, I don't want to give away too many spoilers of what to expect, but I thought there was a lot of really cool things that I learned in this episode. 
Uh, I liked it a lot. I liked the theme. Um, I liked the, I guess you'd say birth of the genre. I like how that came about. Yeah. My. The, so the genre, you mean um, like role-playing games? Role-playing games, RPGs. Yeah, so that's uh, the one thing they did talk a lot about with this episode was just the history of RPGs, uh, how they came about, and how they were developed in the early stages. The whole idea of text adventure and like role-playing game, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, what I thought they were going to talk about once they started going over text adventures um, was Oregon Trail. I thought they were going to go. Me about, too. <laughs> I thought they were going to talk about Oregon Trail, but they never mentioned Oregon Trail. So I don't know if that wasn't enough role playing for them, but it was definitely an adventure game. That is so funny because that's exactly what I thought when I saw this lady like hiking through this trail. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh man, maybe she's the one that like invented <laughs> Oregon Trail. Yeah. Uh, nope. Didn't get it. Um, but I mean, I I I know Oregon Trail is included in, in what they're describing. Or maybe mm-hmm. they just didn't get a hold of whoever invented work control. Maybe they had a plan and just didn't fall through. I don't know. Or maybe they just wanted to highlight some different aspects. Well, because um, you know, this may have been before Oregon Trail. I don't know the timeline of it because they haven't touched on that. Um, and I've actually never played Oregon Trail, but I heard it was pretty fun for what it was back when it came out. Oregon Trail is an old game, though. And the only reason why I thought that is remember the part in this last episode where that guy basically got pretty creative how he he first implemented images into the into the into the game into this text adventure. Yeah. Um, he just used basic lines to outline give a basic idea of where you are. Mm-hmm. I could have swore when I played Oregon Trail I had similar graphics like very simple just lines not even mm-hmm. whole pictures. Yeah, so, I'm sure. Why don't you put Oregon Trail in there but I've seen like what Oregon Trail looks like, and I think um, it had those same elements because that's just the, I think the most, uh, the easiest way to actually create images with the tools and resources they had back then. Yeah, but I mean, either way, I, I think I learned more by them not covering Oregon Trail. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, because um, we learned about, um, was a husband and wife, Ken and Roberta Williams, and she mm-hmm. was really the one that was really instrumental in, you know, creating this outline, and almost like a like an outliner map of how to create these role playing games, and so just to see her process and how she actually developed that, it was super interesting for me, just as a you know observer. Like I thought it was really fascinating. Her writing that flowchart on a big piece of paper. Yeah, I, I just get so much. I love seeing people in the creative process when they're actually building something mm-hmm. just to see how they go about doing it. And so that was pretty cool. That was super cool. You know, another thing that was kind of interesting was how they uh, touched on Dungeons and Dragons and just the impact that that game had yes. on on all of gaming. And I thought that was super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never... Have you played Dungeons and Dragons before? I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and I just remember like hearing about it and hearing about people playing it. But I think because like my circle of friends never played it, it never came my way. Uh, kind of the same. My Actually, my circle of friends have played it. I'm the only one that hasn't played it. <laughs> the actual like actual Dungeons and Dragons. I've played versions of it. 
Huh. I played board game. I play board games that are kind of other, very similar versions of it. And I played a video game, which is the most video game version of it. It's called Divinity Two, um, where you create your character and it's literally you choose your own adventure. You can choose to steal from someone, but if you steal from them, like they get mad, you gotta try to fight them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I I like Stranger Things. You've seen Stranger Things? Oh yeah. I think it would have been cool to come home from school maybe once a week and have just a D&D sesh with this just ongoing story throughout like your school career almost. You know, that would be really cool because it was interesting how they said that games could take like days or weeks or years to complete. And okay. that was the thing that for me, I kind of realized like what the um, appeal is because um, it's so deep you know yeah there's so yeah i guess there's so much depth to the game that um it's pretty uh it's pretty exciting and it promotes um i want to say creative thinking oh yeah it works your imagination creative thinking um because of so much you have a lot of thinking on the fly to do and if you get real like remember that in the package they would show that guy in like different outfits and stuff and so when you play, you, I mean, if everyone agrees, you have the option to pull, totally be that character, like talk like them. Don't just make decisions they'll never have, like have an accent and be like this full on character. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I did take theater in high school, um, but it would have been cool to do that with my friends. Just totally get, just dive into just a character. Embody that character. Embody, be a full method actor. That'd have been pretty cool. That actually would be pretty fun, you know? Yeah. And I think that's something that's actually lacking with some of uh, the younger generation is just having that creativity. I, and that's I don't want to, <laughs> I mean, I could, that's a whole go, conversation. Cause you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. And as the lack, I, lack of creativity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cause it's, uh, it's reading, reading books versus watching movies. Yeah, it's it's for sure. You, yeah, how you envision something, you can picture it, you can draw it compared to um, being shown a movie and it's already kind of set how something looks. Yeah, even based off a description that you read, but that's like a whole conversation we can have. That is, that's a yeah. extended cut conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So, um, anything else that uh, takeaways you saw from that episode? Um. No. Here's a couple things, this real quick. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've ever played Final Fantasy, but they talked about the uh, the creator of that and like how far back that went in the development of those characters. I thought that was super interesting. Um, I've never been big into Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. but um, I definitely see the appeal. And so I thought that was, uh, that was really interesting the way they saw like saw the evolution of like the characters from the design of those characters to what they were forced to work with in the early stages and like how that's kind of grown as technology's improved. Yeah. And it's, it's, I would think that it was probably more challenging to make games back then, given those restrictions, you had to kind of get creative. Creativity. Um, it's, it's uh, the same thing. The more tools we have, the easier things tend to be. But the mm-hmm. easier they are, the less they challenge you. Yeah. Um, so it is it is definitely give and take. Yep. 
That um, might be my takeaway, actually. Thank you. Yeah, you set it up. I just knocked it down. That might be the moral of the story. Yeah, yeah. You have predictions for next next week? Well, oh, before we go into predictions, okay. the very last thing that I thought was yes, so yes, incredible yes. that I had no clue of before, you know, I'm learning something new with every episode, is that game that uh, came out during the AIDS epidemic that was called Ooh, Gay Blade. Yeah, how did I skip that? That was so crazy. That okay, very 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 cool story. But I'd be so mad if all my stuff went missing from mm-hmm. something you didn't exactly have power over. Yeah. And I would be seething until the day I die for something that had that kind of impact. It was really important to people. And he was talking about how people reached out to him because there wasn't very much uh, gay representation or if they, he did mention if, if there were any, even in today's thing, if there were any gay people in a game or in a show, they're mostly <clears throat> usually like an afterthought or a side character. And so that game meant a lot to people mm-hmm. and it's too bad that he doesn't have a actual, any physical evidence. Although, okay. In that package, in that package, I thought it was weird that they had him walking around with a metal detector like on the sand. Like he was looking. I I thought he was like trying to look for his game in the sand. Is that what was happening? Okay. I thought that was super weird too. But not because of him searching with the metal detector, but actually because he wasn't on the sand. If you go back and watch, he was like in a cemetery. That's what it was, a cemetery. Yeah. Like why are you in a cemetery with a metal detector? I that's so if you if you get a hit are you gonna start digging (laughs) exactly yeah he's he's like i I, you know what and i just kind of chalk that up to like some bad editing decisions because they could have filmed that somewhere else i don't know if this is a guy that spends his weekends at cemeteries with a metal detector there's no way he looks for his games at cemeteries what i did like is they cut to him (laughs) like at at like um what are those like swap meets or like yard sales Mm mm-hmm where I thought he was looking for his old game. I thought yeah. that was cool. But like, he's not going to search a cemetery for his like long lost game. Like that's, I don't see if that's supposed to be symbolism in some way that I'm missing. Like, I think that was, that kind of disconnected I, me from it. I have more questions and answers on that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But overall the game itself, super cool story. It was an amazing story. I think, um, I agree. There's not enough representation of, uh, diversity whether that's gay lesbian mm-hmm. black white well i guess there's you know a lot of representation for white I people i get what you mean i get what you mean <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um no i thought that was incredible i loved that story and i really think there should be like maybe a new take on that maybe they can do a new uh a new video game where the protagonist is like homosexual or lesbian or something i mean that would kind of be cool for people to have someone to look up to because everybody needs that you know uh, some kind of figure for inspiration yeah like i can't imagine what it would be like to be like a gay person playing games and none of these characters really like vibe with you on a level that um on a level that you're at you know what i mean like you're still Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's it's. I guess it's tough to to describe, but that game really was super impactful for so many people that uh, it was just a great story to hear. 
it was just, I mean, it just comes down to being able to connect with the character that yeah. you're, you're playing or controlling. Mm-hmm. Um, there are games, I think there's games now where you can create your own person and I guess like uh, The Sims, you can create your own person and you can kind of marry whichever sex you want to marry, but I think it's the your options are limited. Um, and I think there should be more representation or more freedom to to have it go whichever way you want. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the one thing that was, you know, kind of sad about that whole thing, though, at least for me, is that when I looked at the backlash that he faced from uh, like political pressures, like a lot of anti-gay um, attitudes that actually still exist right now. And, you know, this, you know, demonization of uh, different people, uh, it's it's really sad to see that and to see that it's actually still happening today, but not just for gays and lesbians, but all different people that are different, whether you're, you know, black or brown or gay or lesbian um, or, you know, all of the above. It's It's pretty sad. And I know there's a lot of groups that I'm, not touching on, but you know, there's a whole there's a whole list of different groups out there that have been marginalized and discriminated against, and actually have been attacked, which uh, yeah. it's just sad to see. But I'm happy to see that you know we seem to be overcoming this with time. You know, with time, I think we're getting a little bit smarter as a society. Um, I don't know. I still I'm still optimistic about it, but I guess we'll we'll see where things go in our future. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly feels like we're kind of waking up more to what's going on and and there's more people that acknowledge it and want to change what's going on and want to do what they can but it's one of those things where you can do your part and only time will tell i think it's an awareness thing for a lot of people when people have never met like a gay person and then when they do then you start to understand that they're just regular people and there's still some people that are close-minded and when they see somebody who's different mm-hmm. whether they're you know black or lesbian they might if they have no experience with those different types of people sometimes they have attitudes that are biased and sometimes fear-based you know like oh i don't want to interact with these people because they're different and i don't know there's a lot of fear and a lack of understanding that if everybody would actually get to know everybody, I think they would see that we're very similar. Yeah, and that's something through personal experience. Cause with like touching on the fear thing, if you don't have much experience with a certain type or group of people, all you know is what's fed through you through TV. All you know what's what's, you know, if you live in a small town, what other people say. Um, And so if you don't have the exposure to it, if you don't have the experience, um, it's, 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 it's sad. Yeah, it's sad. You know, it's sad. And I don't want to go, you know, down a, down a dark path. But I mean, even once they do meet somebody, uh, you know, if you get a white community and there's like a Mexican guy that moves in and they get to know them they'll accept him as a person if they get to know him, but they might think like, oh, well, 
he's different. He's not like the other Mexican mm-hmm. guys. And like, mm-hmm. oh, he's not like the other black guys. Yeah. Or like, oh, well, he like this guy, he's our gay guy. He's not like the other gay guys. <laughs> so there's that kind of stuff that happens too, which is really sad. It is. And it's something that I feel like I could just do my part and just be me. And I feel like that way it'll change the people's opinions Im- immediately around me. But on a larger scale. You just got to be yourself, man. And Yeah. I mean, people are going to have their attitudes, but um, we can't let that influence uh, what we do or who we are. Just be yourself. And I would say be open-minded to an education. Just got to be educated about it too. I mean, there's so many, so many different things, but it's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Yeah. It's a whole thing. And I I wish things were better than they are, but I mean, I can only do so much and we can do our part. And you know what? In the gaming world, when you're plugged in and you're tuned in and you behind the controller and everybody's like on the same battlefield or racetrack or um, court or whatever game you're playing, you know, that's when everybody actually is kind of an equal and everybody does compete on the same level. And, uh, you know, you don't mm-hmm. you don't see the differences. Yeah. So that's a lot of the fun stuff around gaming. That's a lot of stuff that actually brings people together, actually yeah. creates some unity. Yeah. Um, that is, you know what, you know what is cool? What I enjoy about gaming um, is playing online. So I've made, uh, I've made, I've made a, a lot of friends actually that have uh, been <laughs> Xbox actually, Xbox Live. Oh, really? Um, mostly through Call of Duty. I played so much Call of Duty. Um, at one point I had like two separate Xboxes with two different accounts because I didn't want someone to ruin my KD who came over. (laughs) Um, yeah. So like I, I met people from like across the world and like this one, this one dude from Texas, which I guarantee like we, we became friends at some point we exchanged numbers, we would text. And I guarantee that if I would have lived in Texas and gone to the same school, there's no way we would have been friends. Isn't that funny? Um, and there's people who I've I know to this day, and I'm now friends with on like Instagram and stuff that we've never met in person, but you know, from even though we're different, we we found common ground in in Call, in Call of Duty. We became friends, and we're we check in every now and then. But I think that is something that gaming on like on a global scale can actually help. Like all the the memes and trolls about people being weird on Call of Duty, as much as that's true, there's also such a great side to online gaming. We can meet yeah. people. And you can go down this YouTube rabbit hole too of you, random people or streamers doing doing nice things to random people. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, I definitely agree. I feel like the whole gaming community for the most part is very open and accepting and very cool. And so um, that, you know, makes me very hopeful for our future. So yeah. I love it, man. I love to uh, to be involved with this and learn about all this new stuff coming. And I'm so excited to see um, what it's gonna be like, uh, you know, with this new PS5 and the new Xbox and just kind of how things uh, continue to evolve. Yeah, it's always exciting. And for me, the video game world is always gonna be exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, and we're going into the holiday season and everything's starting to ramp up. This is just like the, this is this is the very beginning. We're we're yeah. figuring out, you know, setting the groundwork for PS5 and Xbox, but 
come November, everything's going to start running. And we'll, we'll see who goes where, what goes up, what goes down. I'm ready for the ride, really. Cool, man. So just to wrap things up, did you want to touch on uh, what you might expect for the next episode of High Score or what have we got in store for next week? I don't know. What I did notice, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember any type of competition in this episode. You're right. So I'm thinking next episode, maybe they're going to have another competition around some type of tournament. Um, but I don't know what genre it's going to be. Or it maybe it's just a new generation. Or maybe they'll talk about Dreamcast. No, it's too, too early. Well, at the know. very end, they did a little bit of a tease towards uh, Sonic and Sega. Sega. Oh, that sound. It's going to do that. <laughs> it's going to do that. Uh, okay. So we're but Sega. We'll stick around. I mean, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll see what it's all about. We'll um, watch the next episode and check in with you with some information regarding that on next week's episodes. And we'll also talk about any kind of new info that seems to come about. Yeah. As usual, we'll, whatever sounds cool, we'll, we'll bring it to you and, and uh, we'll definitely discuss it. So I'm, I'm ready for this, this coming week. Me too, man. All right. I think we should go ahead and wrap this thing up. Yeah, you can um, take us out. You want me to go ahead and finish yeah, this off? Do it. I'll go ahead and lead us out through the outro. So thank you everybody for joining in once again. Um, we got Rich and Mike together. E Mammoth Podcast. That's the name of the show. Thank mm -hmm. you again. And we'll be back with another episode next week. So see you then. Bye.